Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Oh, man, it is late. I didn't think I was going to go live, but it was an absolutely crazy game. The Steelers beat the Browns 26-22 on Monday Night Football here on the Believe in Steelers postgame show. Following the big win, the Steelers improve to 1-1, one and one, prevent the Browns from going 2-0 for the first time since 1993. The year I was born, an absolutely crazy game on Monday night. If you're watching live, please let me know. I'll get to your comments here in just a second. But a lot of thoughts. Uh, let me start here. You salvaged the season because had the Steelers started out 0-2, it's very, very difficult to go on and make the playoffs. And I thought the home fans showed up in droves tonight at Acrisure Stadium in Pittsburgh. I thought the home field advantage was very real in this game. Um, Nick Chubb's going to be out for the season. I have no doubt about that. I'd be shocked if he didn't have a ligament tear. I wish him a quick recovery, a speedy recovery. If the Steelers are going to beat the Browns, I want them to beat the Browns straight up. Uh, against the best of the best of the competition. And Chubb is an absolute load to bring down. Hopefully he can make full return to health. Uh, again, just looking at that replay, it's something I'm not going to be sharing on my social feeds, but it looked to me like it was going to be a ligament tear. Knees just aren't meant to have been that way. Uh, before I get too far into things, today's Believe in Steelers show brought to you by betonline.ag. NFL Week 3 is right around the corner now on Thursday. If you want to place a bet on any of your gambling needs, betonline.ag is the place to do it. Use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. A few viewer comments to get into. Yeah, at the end of the game, Joey Porter Jr. in coverage on the fourth down play. The Steelers able to turn it over on downs. Uh, it's nice to see the number 24 out there, Joey Porter Jr. And uh, Demond Brown says, Ike, see your nephew out there. Uh, we'll talk about this with Ike on Tuesday. Uh, we're going to record tomorrow morning. I know some of you might be past midnight out on the East Coast. Uh, the defense putting up 14 points tonight. Alex Highsmith with the pick six to start the game. With the help of Minka Fitzpatrick, just great ball awareness by both players. And then Highsmith with the strip sack, TJ Watt with the scoop and score. What a great problem that is to have to have two edge rushers off the edge, racing to the quarterback and making plays. The defense putting up 14 points in this one after you consider the PATs as well. So subtract 14 points from 26 and your offense mustered 12 points if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers on offense. Matt Canada, I heard the chance during the game, fire Canada. Uh, this, to me, if he's exposed on national TV, I know coming off a win, you probably wouldn't fire your offensive coordinator. But I know Deontay Johnson is out, but I'm done with the excuses. Um, it, it's just not working. Maybe you see with a bigger sample size, but I think we've need, we've seen what we've needed to in two-plus seasons now, considering this offense still has yet to put up a 400-yard game. Every other NFL team has at least three 400-yard games since the start of the 2021 season. This is football in 2023 that's going to favor offenses. The Steelers are very fortunate to win tonight considering what the defense did to put up points 
and the fact that Nick Chubb leaves the game with what looks like a season-ending injury. That's just the reality of it. In Canada, like some of the play calling with stacked boxes, with third and one situation, and you call a, a read option with Kenny Pickett, who isn't a running quarterback out of a shotgun formation. The fact that Pat Fryermuth has just disappeared from this offense when he's been a playmaker at the tight end position with combat catches, like I don't understand what it is that they're trying to do. And if you want to get met, rid of Matt Canada, I personally hope that Gunnar Osheski isn't that far behind. Fueling a kickoff and then running out of bounds on the nine-yard line instead of calling for a fair catch if you're concerned that the ball might bounce in a weird way, fair catch, and you can at least get it at the 25. Kenny Pickett throws an interception to Grant Delpit in the first half, and the Browns didn't take advantage. They miss a 43-yard field goal. The defense hold strong for the Steelers, but between that and the fumble Gunnar Osheski has, I'm cool with Calvin Austin being the return man for this team. I'm cool with that. And I think most other people would be Gunnar Osheski. It's nothing personal, but two very costly blunders. He leaves the game with an injury. Curious to see what happens with Minka Fitzpatrick as well. He left the game with a chest injury as well. If he's going to miss any extended period, considering Cam Hayward's already out. You were without Deontay Johnson tonight too. And can we give Deontay Johnson some credit? This offense has been absolutely terrible. And he's been the one constant with it the last several seasons. And his ability to get open with this quickness and his route running underneath. I thought the Steelers really missed that tonight. I really did. Um, we have the weapons on offense. Uh, J-Rock checking in saying we have the weapons. And there's no excuses with Matt Canada this year. You bring in Allen Robinson where the Rams are paying for like two-thirds to three-fourths of his contract. You draft Broderick Jones. You bring in Darnell Washington, Isaac Sayamalu at the left guard position. And I'll say this too. Why are the Steelers trying like end-round plays off the edge, reverse plays off the edge, when the Browns set the edge in this entire game, like Najee Harris's best run. I think it was like a 21 yarder where he reversed field. He gave the Browns a taste of their own medicine with Jerome Ford. What, like why at a certain point you can't set the edge against this Browns defense. So try to do something different. And that to me was so evident yet. The Steelers kept trying to do that over and over and over and over again. And it wasn't working and it wasn't working. Um, in all seriousness, yeah, uh, Slim checking in saying, it's, I hope it's not serious with Minka. Uh, Minka helps shore up the back end of the secondary. Levi Wallace had a tough game tonight. That uh, long run by Jerome Ford, and I thought Ford looked really good. Ford should be able to help pick up the load. No one is Nick Chubb in the NFL, but I know Browns fans aren't going to want to hear this right now, but Kareem Hunt's still a free agent. So I could totally see the Browns going out and signing the running back who's already been on their roster in previous seasons. And again, if you're just watching this off the top, I hope Nick Chubb has a very quick, fast and speedy recovery. But looking at that replay, I don't see that there's any way that he plays this season. I would be shocked if he did. I'm not a doctor, but it's just my two cents worth. And again, I'm not going to be sharing that on my social feeds. Um, 
Ford is our Warren, J-Rock says. I like that. Yeah, I thought Jalen Warren was a lot more effective. Um, let me go with the Levi Wallace stuff. On the Jerome Ford run, there's an old slogan, you lose contain, you lose the game. And you've got to fill in on the backside because the Steelers did a good job plugging the initial holes, but Ford ended up reversing course and it led to a long run and a Browns touchdown on a few plays after that. Uh, Levi Wallace had a tough game tonight. I thought Amari Cooper took advantage of that situation. And I thought there was a reason you saw Joey Porter Jr. on the field uh, a little bit more. He got more snaps than he did in the opener. And I understand Porter's a rookie, but Levi Wallace dropped an interception. And then that long run where he lost contain, Micah Fitzpatrick also took a terrible pursuit angle on that play. Um, you've got you've got to be able to have discipline gap responsibility. It's as simple as that. I will talk some Jalen Warren, Najee Harris. I might have been wrong. Jalen Warren is the better running back right now. And Najee Harris, it's not that he doesn't have the ability to make guys miss, but he seems to have like one gear. It's almost like when you're driving a car and you're stuck in the first gear and you can't shift up to the second gear to go faster. He just doesn't have an explosive ability to get away and run away from defenders. I understand he's not uh, a scat back, a speedster, if you will. But Najee Harris, like he had, he had like four yards rushing on six carries in the first half. And looking at the team stats right now, Najee Harris finishes with 10 carries for 43 yards. So a lot of that was on that 21-yard rush he had where he reverses field. But to me, it's very evident that Jalen Warren just has more wiggle. He's the better running back. And that's just what I'm seeing with my own two eyes. And that's not to say that Jalen Warren's perfect. He's a lot more undersized. He missed a key blitz pickup on uh, Pittsburgh Steelers three and out drive that very nearly cost the Steelers. But like had the Steelers not won tonight, in what other games are you going to get your defense to put up 14 points for you? Your defense puts up 14 points for you, and you've got to win that game. I thought Presley Harvin third at the punter position. I thought he played really well. A few coffin corner punts inside the five-yard line, and you pin the Browns deep in their territory. That's huge. So you have to take advantage of those things. You take advantage of the field position. And Kenny Pickett, Matt Canada, this was the season where, look, you had to build on what we had last season at the end of the 2022 season as your basis this year. And we saw it in the preseason, five drives, five touchdowns. It hasn't translated to the regular season. I don't know when it's going to click. I don't know if it is going to click, but you beat the Browns tonight to where if we're really being honest here, if Chubb stays healthy this whole game, do you think the Steelers win tonight? Cause I don't, if I'm asking the question, I know the answer to that. The offense is just, it's been bad. It's been really, really bad. And if it takes exposure on national television for the fans are saying, fire the guy, I don't know what the Steelers would do to say, okay, if Canada, you let go, what do you do from there? Who do you promote internally? What do you do for the season? You're not going to fire your offensive coordinator coming off of victory. But from what we saw in week one, when the Steelers muster a mere seven points against a 49ers team, that's scary. You do credit the Browns defense. I do think the Browns defense is improved with their new defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz. He's taken over for Joe Woods with the defense that didn't get it done. 
But that to me, it's just evident. This Steelers offense isn't working. It is not working. And it's like, where do you go from here? Where do you hang your hat on of what is the Steelers offensive identity? And if you want to say cardiac, uh, a heart attack football, <laughs> this is not set up for sustained success right now with how you play tonight because you get bailed out by the wizardry of Alex Highsmith tonight. He had, he, he had two plays, two splash plays, if you will, if you call them, that lead to 14 points. Like the Steelers' defense outscored their offense tonight. The defense outscored the offense tonight. So it's like you're not going to get that in every game. You're not going to get that in every game. And I love seeing the two edge rushers and Highsmith and Watt race to the quarterback. I love seeing Marcus Golden sack. Nick Herbig rushing the passer uh, forced a penalty on Deshaun Watson when Watson grabbed his face mask. Uh, Cole Holcomb forcing a fumble against David Dejoku. That deserves praise. Larry Ogunjobi early in this game, too. Presence felt. You could tell he was taking a little bit personal against his former team, the Browns. Ogunjobi's played for the Browns and the Bengals before he's played for the Steelers. Very, very familiar with AFC North football. And that forced fumble early on in the game, you credit Mike Tomlin for taking the challenge there to say, no, 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 no. Deshaun Watson fumbled. And they ruled that the Steelers recover the fumble and they get the ball back instead of the Browns converting uh, on a key conversion early in the game. Can't remember if that was a third down or a fourth down. And then, so you've got that. I'll say this, Tomlin's other challenge of the Amari Cooper catch along the sideline in the second half wasted a timeout. I'm glad to see that that didn't bite the Steelers. Um yeah, Wed Lee says we want Byron Leftwich uh, as coordinator. People saying bench Canada. Um, Chad says the defense scares me more than the offense. Chad, if you can elaborate on what you mean by that, of what specifically scares you about the defense, would love to hear from you. I, I would absolutely love to hear that. Chad also saying terrible third and one call. Yeah, why are you calling a quarterback read option play? Kenny Pickett is not a running quarterback. A year ago when he was a rookie, yeah, tuck it and run and get what you can when the play's broken down and your first, your second or third read isn't there. Fine. But Kenny Pickett's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Justin Fields. He's not what Cam Newton was back in the day, Anthony Richardson. That's not the style of quarterback Kenny Pickett is. So why is that you're calling a key third and one call? Why does Matt Canada continually run plays that just logically make no sense. They make no sense. And these are people on Twitter that are well-versed in football, but it's not like we're scouting the teams uh, day in and day out. But a third and one with the game in the balance, and that's that's what you call? That's what your bread and butter is of, hey, we're going to get the first down. What happened to let's put Kenny Pickett under center, run a two-tight end setting with Pat Fryermuth, with Darnell Washington, with uh, Connor Hayward, where's Connor Hayward and Pat Fryermuth in this offense right now? Like tight end is a position where at the Steelers, okay, if you want to line up DBs, we can play bully ball and we'll run the ball down your throat. If you want to put linebackers out on the field, we're going to pass the ball on you. Where is your schematic advantage to take advantage of the things that are the strengths of your team? Additional tight ends will help with the push up front. They'll help establish the edge that you weren't able to tonight. 
in tonight's game. That was clearly obvious, yet they keep trying to go for the edge, and it didn't fool the Browns like once. It didn't fool the Browns once in tonight's game. Warren Sharp had a stat saying the Steelers have gone 53% run on first and 10 or second and eight and plus, despite this fact that he's running into loaded boxes on 54% of these snaps. The running backs on these downs, 12 rushes, 3.8 yards per carry, negative EPA per rush, a 33% success rate. This is someone on Twitter who's able to pick this up. Warren Sharp's very, very good NFL coverage. But this is someone watching the game on Twitter who's picking this up. What do you think an opposing team that scouted you all week, what do you think that they're picking up? In all seriousness, and I hate to play the results game in the Monday morning quarterbacking, but the Steelers with 255 yards of offense tonight, that's not going to get it done against the NFL's best. And I said this earlier, had Chubb stayed healthy, had Chubb stayed healthy, the Steelers probably lose this game and fall to 0-2. They need to have more packages for Darnell Washington. He's such a big target. What do you think? Slim, I'm right there with you, my man. Either get him the football, get him the ball in space, use his size, use him as an additional offensive tackle when he's out on the field. He has demonstrated the ability to do that. I understand he's a rookie, but you know, it's amazing to me watching this game tonight. Where did the Steelers struggle? Cornerback, again, Levi Wallace had a rough game. And offensive line. And what did the Steelers draft in the NFL draft? I get that you don't want to put too much on rookies too soon, but I really think Broderick Jones is going to get play here sooner rather than later because. Once you get by Oakland and Max Crosby in week three, and the Steelers and Raiders opened as a pick by the way, odds courtesy of betonline.ag. But once you get beyond that, you can move Dan Moore Jr. over to the right tackle position and Chooks core for two false start penalties in the first quarter. It's like, can someone tell him what the snap count is? Mental mistakes, that and then Gunnar Oshesky, like it, Calvin Austin the third, he can handle the return responsibilities. Period. Period. Not having your head in the game and fielding the kickoff and stepping out of bounds on the nine-yard line. Let it go out of bounds. If you're concerned, it's going to bounce in a weird way. You can fair catch the kick, and you'll get the ball at the 25-yard line. That's a new rule as of this season. Know the rules of the game. If you're out there as the return man, know what your responsibilities are. Period. And then a fumble on an offensive drive on a check down by Kenny Pickett. And as soon as that happened, it's just like uh, he got injured. And so he was forced to leave the game. But uh, what Gunner has been doing it, to me, I, I don't know what the explanation would be. And I'd imagine we'd find that out either tonight or in the coming week of what happened on those plays, specifically the kickoff return. That's just inexcusable. And it's inexcusable, too, because it's the momentum of the game that you get the very first play from scrimmage. You get a pick six from Alex Highsmith. Take advantage of that. And, I mean, it was a back-and-forth game. I think there were four lead changes in tonight's game. Steelers are fortunate to get out of get out of tonight's game with the win, considering how bad the offense was. And, again, I thought Jalen Warren played better than Najee Harris, but that blitz pickup on a key third down play where Warren's got to step up and fill the void or at least try to – 
hit the oncoming defender and Kenny Pickett, it's like, okay, the fastest way from point A to point B is a straight line. There's really not a lot that many quarterbacks would do in a scenario. Pickett tries to spin out and make a play, and it just it, it wasn't there. But I don't want there to be a regression with a young quarterback. I get that growth isn't always linear, but I'm just not seeing it with Kenny Pickett right now. And maybe it would be a blessing in disguise once Deontay Johnson does return to the lineup because of the luxury that you have with him as a safety blanket because he's always open regardless of what an opposing defense puts out there. He's someone you can always throw to, and it's been a constant with this offense. It's one of the few constants with this offense for like the last five years. And I'll be honest with you too, I didn't really think Najee Harris had many holes to run through, but to me it's very evident that Warren's the better back. I thought it was telling to start the second half. It was Warren who was out there and not Najee Harris. Warren was the player who was out there to start the half and getting the bulk of the carries because he can at least provide a change of pace. And he's starting to get better and better of, okay, these are the yards that I can pick up when I can. Not every play is going to be a home run. I'll give this uh, the catch that Warren had. I think it was like a 30-yard reception on a crossing route. That was good scheme by Matt Canada. Why don't we see more stuff like that? The Browns were in man coverage. The linebacker who was on Warren gets caught in the wash by uh, oncoming receivers running over the middle, slant patterns, drag patterns. And you get an easy pitch and catch with Jalen Warren. Why don't we see more schemes like that? I, I don't get it. Uh, I want to thank a lot of people for checking in. There are 78 people right now watching this. Chilla21 says, to Najee's defense, it was predictable running again. They had 10 guys at the line at one point. Yeah, uh, maybe we get George Pickens the ball. I did see that he had at one point like 10 targets in the game. I checked to see what the final box score is. Uh, keep giving George Pickens the football until an opposing defense proves that they can stop him. It sounds very simple, but prove that they can stop him. But Pat Fryermuth in this game, why isn't he being targeted more? I really don't understand the logic to that. Um, I'm pulling up the box score right now. And George Pickens, four catches on 10 targets. So you want to see better efficiency there. I'm fine with that, though. He's a dynamic playmaker. He had 127 yards on his four catches. I'm cool with that. But Pat Fryermuth had one catch, one target for two yards. What? Huh? Calvin Austin the third, one catch on four targets. Like the timing's just not there. And I get that you're missing Deontay Johnson, but you've got other players that are more than capable of filling the void. Target Allen Robinson more frequently. Like it, this is just not use what strengths that you have. You have size on this offense. Where's Connor Hayward and Pat Fryermuth? I seriously, I'm, I'm going to keep harping on that point because I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, one screen to Pat was all I saw the whole night. Yeah, Chilla 21. That was the only time Fryermuth was targeted tonight. I, like, why? Why? Someone's saying that Fryermuth was still banged up from last week. He wasn't 100%. Okay, then what about Connor Hayward or Washington? I, I don't buy that. 
I don't buy that. And I'll say this too. I thought the offensive line did not play well tonight. I know Miles Garrett didn't do a ton in tonight's game. He's a player that you have to key in on. Like I know Steelers fans want to say like, oh, TJ Watts much better than Miles Garrett. And in terms of production, I'm with you. I get it. But he's a player that you absolutely must know where he's on the field. And generally speaking, I do think Dan Moore Jr. did a decent job on him tonight. I don't think he was much of a factor considering go watch the Browns on another week. Like a, a week ago when the Browns were playing the Bengals and, and Miles Garrett's doing fake crossovers at the line of scrimmage and just making Joe Burrow's life uh, miserable in the opposing offensive line for the Bengals miserable. He's capable of doing that. And he didn't do that tonight against the Steelers. So I actually thought that, um, <laughs> Teresa, I love this comment. Washington was needed on the O-line. Yeah, and I know what you mean. Is is like a sixth offensive line at the line of scrimmage in uh, two tight end sets. 12 personnel, 21 personnel. I, I always get those two mixed up, but in two tight end sets. Uh, Don saying, got to give the Browns defense some credit. I'm totally with you, and that's why they brought in Jim Schwartz. Why Joe Woods is no longer employed by then. Jim Schwartz, very, very this Browns defense was as good as I've seen in years, probably since the playoff year, uh, with Baker Mayfield, Stefanski, and company. I I'm comfortable saying that. And I know Denzel Ward left the game. There were a lot of injuries in this game. Denzel Ward left the game with an injury, too. Um a lot of injuries, and we'll see long-term for both teams what that means. Uh, the one that, again, I'm certain about is Chubb's injury did not look good. Chubb's injury did not look good. Uh, any other observations that I'm missing? I'm just going through the comments. I appreciate all of you taking the time to tune in and listen. Hopefully you enjoyed tonight's game. Steelers winners 26-22 to 22 on Monday Night Football. Um Drew saying we need to throw it more to Pickens. It looked like we were cooking with Pickens, to be honest. I'm with you too, but four receptions on 10 targets, the efficiency's got to be better. Uh, I'm going to have to go back and look to see what happened on those other six throws that weren't completions. Uh, one other point too, I haven't brought up, and honestly, this is a sin because I'm 26 minutes in. The 71-yard touchdown pass to George Pickens, that play is set up by the efforts of Jalen Warren on a third and 10 where Pickett has to check down short of the sticks because that's all he's got and that's all the defense is giving him. And Warren has to avoid two, maybe three Browns defenders to fight and scrap and get the first down. Most other skill position players there fall short of the first down. There's multiple defenders. You have to punt. Warren's ability on the check down to make defenders miss, get the yardage he needed to, and fight for the first down, set up, pick in 71-yard touchdown. And that effort absolutely must be recognized because that was an absolutely key play in the game. Not just Pickens' long touchdown, which we want to see the Steelers use Pickens in a variety of ways, but Jalen Warren's effort to extend that drive on a key third down and 10 conversion my hat's off to the second year running back because it was absolutely vital for Warren on that play. And if not for that play, the Steelers might not have scored a touchdown tonight. And that is not a hyperbole. That is not a hyperbole. Um, let me see anyone else. Robert saying Harvin was awesome. Yeah. The coffin corner punts 
And I know Tomlin publicly called out the Steelers special teams. It had to be better. I thought that that can be a real, real advantage tonight. Uh, about time. I mean, if you're going to spend a draft pick on a punter, it's got to be worth the draft capital. Corey Carpenter saying Warren, a dog. Yeah, I'm with you. Jalen Warren, in all honesty, Steelers are going to have a decision to make. And I don't know if they make it before the bye week because I want to keep Jalen Warren fresh in all seriousness. And maybe he can sneak up on some teams that aren't watching the Steelers as carefully. But I thought he was the better back than Najee Harris tonight. I just, what my two eyes are telling me, it might not always be that game. And I thought Najee ran a little bit angrier when he wasn't the back that was out there to start the first, uh, to start the second half. They were given Warren the carries at the start of the second half on the field goal drive uh, to start the third quarter. It was Jalen Warren who was out there, not Najee Harris. So we'll see, but you got to feed the hot hand. You have to feed the hot hand. Um, you asks, did you see Watson push the ref also was grabbing face mask all night playing mad dirty? I did see Watson push the ref. Some people on my feed were saying that he should be ejected. I know it's a no, no to touch referees. We don't know what was being said along the Steelers sideline. And then they did call him for a penalty on that play. So, uh, you know, grabbing face mask. Look, when you've got a relentless pass rush coming after you, you're going to scrap, you're going to claw, you're going to try to do everything that you can do to try to make, remain upright in this game. And so, yeah, people will say, oh, uh, Deshaun Watson's dirty. The Steelers defense tonight, some stats for you. Six sacks, four forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, two defensive touchdowns, and one interception. It's a relentless defense. So if if the cavalry was coming for you, you would be doing the same thing. So I to me, it's it's part of the competition of when you're between the lines, you have to do uh, what it takes to survive. So dirty, I, I don't I wouldn't go there as a player. Uh, his ability to make pass rushers miss is really special in his escapability. And when he was doing his thing in Houston he was like a top five quarterback in this league. I thought you saw flashes of that tonight, but without Nick Chubb, it's going to be more of the onus on, Hey, Deshaun Watson, we just gave you the largest guaranteed contract in NFL history. You're going to have to make your money now because Nick Chubb's not going to be coming back in 2023. That's just the reality of it. Uh, yeah, a lot of people checking in saying that they thought that Warren had the better game than Najee. Uh, look, I appreciate a lot of you, 76 people on. If there's anything else you want me to get to, I'm happy to. But to let all of you know, Ike Taylor and I will be back on Tuesday recapping this game. I wasn't sure if I was going to go live tonight because this game I knew would get done late given that it's the Monday night game. But there was so much that happened where it was just like, I got to pop on live and share my thoughts because this was an absolutely crazy game. This was a crazy game by the end of the first quarter. I mean, this was an absolutely crazy game by the end of the first quarter. So it was just like, we'll see with the injuries. The injuries are going to be huge going uh, in the coming weeks. The Steelers in week three are going to have the Raiders. And again, the game opened as a pick. I'm, I'm curious tonight to see. Okay, say if Mink is out, where is the line moved to? 
or will it remain a pick I, I thought early on too in this game that the defense came, the defenses for both teams came out firing, and I thought both offenses were pretty inept early on. Uh, that's just my opinion, though. That's just my opinion, though. Um, George saying, why can't we use an extra offensive lineman or two? Do you mean saying like put like a six or seven line set? Yeah, I mean, this is the purpose of using tight ends, in my opinion. George, not exactly sure what you mean by that, but thank you for checking in. Um, We'll see. Um, One other thing, uh, Joe says it seems back-to-back games that Levi Wallace is struggling. Yeah, and I, I don't think that's a hyperbole. The long run that Jerome Ford had, he lost contain. Mika Fitzpatrick also had a terrible angle on that play. Uh, Mari Cooper beating Levi Wallace on several plays, and then Levi Wallace dropping an interception in this game. It didn't cost the Steelers, but in games like this, in tight games, it can. In tight games, it can. Uh, I didn't think Levi Wallace had a great game, and I didn't think he had a great opener either. So I think that's the reason why you see Joey Porter Jr. on the field a little bit more. And I think he gets more and more comfortable in the confidence that that can give you to say, hey, I was the guy who was targeted on the final play of the game, and I I held up, and it was an incomplete, no pass interference ball game. What that can do for the confidence for a young DB, and to see the number 24 out there, I love it. And again, we'll talk to Ike tomorrow about all of this, but I absolutely love it. I want to see the young players get on the field more, and I want to see if the line continues to struggle. Broderick Jones, you're the next guy up, and you're going to get some praise here soon too because – Again, once you get past Max Crosby, you opened up against Bosa. You had Miles Garrett tonight. Crosby's really good. Those three edge rushers, you move on and you look at the matchups of other teams opposing edge rushers. Those are three as good as as any edge rushers in the league. And there was a reason why going into tonight's game, we said TJ Watt's going to make plays because uh, Dewan Jones, I believe it is, for the Browns making his first start tonight. That was a matchup that you had to take advantage of. The guy's a rookie. The guy's a rookie, and there's a reason why T.J. Watt had to make plays. Credit T.J. Watt as well. Steelers all-time sack leader, and he's 28 years old. So he's only going to continue to grow on that. And look, if T.J. Watt continues at the rate that he is, he's headed for Canton. You know, I got to trust my eyes more because when we first started doing this show back in the 2019 season, 2019 2020 season it was like hey this kid's even better than his brother is at this point and tj watt the three-time defensive player of the year in the nfl very very special had a great career in houston he's headed to canton but the way tj watt's playing football right now it's unbelievable you'd say he and alex highsmith have been worth every penny and if and if watt stays healthy this year you know what a difference he makes when he's on the field versus when he's not we saw that a year ago and it's, it's a night and day difference. And the Steelers are very fortunate to have both of those players because if not for that advantage tonight, the Steelers don't win this football game. It's that simple. It's that simple. Uh, again, thank you to all of you for watching. My name is Mark Bergen. This has been an, another edition of the Believe in Steelers show. I'll be back tomorrow on Tuesday with my guy, Ike Taylor, two-time Super Bowl champion, 12-year veteran of the team. Now a scout for the team, too. I can't wait to get Ike's thoughts on tonight's game. Steelers, 26-22 winners over Cleveland Browns on Monday Night Football. Hope all of you have terrific rest of your nights. I'll see you tomorrow. Take care. So long, everybody.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.